Hello, and welcome to Mike Fetch. I'm starting not to like the name of the uh, of the podcast because it's not it's a Kvetch, but it's you know Kvetch is um, I would more define as like a whiny complaint more than a legitimate um, discourse or conversation. But, you know, we'll stick with the name for now. But um, I've been wanting to record for a while and just have not. And I, I, really, do, uh, I really do listen to too much podcasts and vlogs rather than record my own. And I do have plenty to say. But I also did give a lot of credit to the uh, daily um, content creators. I was looking for the right word. Recorders, um, both short and long form, who put up their content on a, on a daily uh, basis. Um, and I guess, you know, I could find ways to motivate myself maybe even to monetize myself just like they have, but I'm not at that point, so it doesn't really matter um, at this juncture. Um, But, um, you know, the conversation, the political discourse, the stolen election, the everything that's been going on in this country is... um, Unfortunately, and I probably should have, I was being, you know, quote-unquote vociferous about this a little bit on Facebook, or, you know, meaning a little bit, meaning my reach is not very far on Facebook at all. Um, Again, Facebook stole my profile about a year and a half ago. Um, Someone reported me as impersonating, so they just take down your content or maybe they didn't but that's what Facebook said and then there's there's just a, it's a I was given a link by Facebook that led to a dead end very very odd probably have screenshots somewhere on one of my three phones that have broken screens uh, so there's probably screenshots of what I was seeing it was really really one of the oddest things um, but it was meant to be anyway it doesn't really that's not really the point the point is that I was saying that I was saying really to uh, what was a high percentage actually of New Yorkers um, or just people, uh, especially Jews, to arm up. And I've been saying this for a while, but I was especially saying it back in, um, like, I want to say end of March, April, and then more and more so amplified um, in the summer. And I said pogroms were coming. And I, I said, you know, before or after the election hasn't come to be yet in terms of my prediction uh, or my assumption. Um, I mean, we've already had many, many incidents around the country and certainly in New York. Um, you know, Jew hate violent incidents. And I think it's coming. And um, the, the ridiculous... Um, spy and data collection apparatus that's part of the United States and 
private partnership gov- with, between government and private companies um, at this juncture in our history is unprecedented. Um, I would definitely argue unconstitutional. And um, obviously, they've found ways around that, however they have. And I would argue... Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. And I would argue it's unmitigated. It's unmitigated. There's no obstruction to it. There's, there's no ability to stop it. Like, you can have a team of hackers. You can have... You know, people that are crazy and think they're going to storm the Capitol to uh, take over the government. Again, I think there are only a very small few of those. And then there were agitators. but but And then there were the innocent people that got mixed up with not realizing really what was going on, to be honest. But aside from that, um, there's no way to stop this apparatus. The... the um, the big tech companies have gotten where they've gotten because of government assistance, government tax breaks, government grants, government, you know, uh, um, employment policy, right? It's all been helping them along the way to foment a legitimate and uh, world-leading technology apparatus, a technology um, economy. And we've seen that. I mean, I've grown up in it, so to speak. I mean, not as a child, but as a young adult. From the time I was, you know, 22 to the time um, to today, but especially 22 to, you know, I mean, 30. I mean, I didn't even have a computer growing up. and, And then all of a sudden I needed one. Right. And then like laptops came out, which was like, you know, whatever, I don't know, 10 years later, whatever it was. But they're able to collect everything. They could be collecting things on me right now. And I don't know my cameras even on. And as I'm watching a Tim Pool, uh, Tim, one of Tim Pool's latest about them arresting uh, Brandon uh, Strock. I think it's spelled Strock, uh, but it's Strock. And, uh, I mean, I was very surprised, and it appears that there actually may be some legitimate, um, let's say, evidence of him being there. But, I mean, still surprising. Um, but the whole thing, and, but the surprising and the thing that they're really talking about is um, is that family members are turning people in. There's a kid that turned his father in for for saying he was at the Capitol. There's a daughter turning their father in, and then the kids are fundraising off of it, which is even more diabolical. But I guess if you can turn your parent in and then you have $300,000 at your disposal, you're like, you know, shit, I'm good. (laughs) College, not college, whatever. You know, I I got money to live on now. Let me go buy a house. Let me go buy a car. I don't know. It's just, it's really diabolical. And they're setting people up to say that this is cool. This is the new cool thing. If your parent is a MAGA supporter, if your parent's a Trump supporter, if your parent ever went to a Trump rally, this is the this is the um, you know Mao's cultural revolution. I said this. This I specifically said, uh, recent as well as months ago. The in the when the revolution is planned on the back of of kids, kids will eat their parents. 
and so you have a little bit older kids and the elderly, whatever, and well, all different ages really planning this revolution and the kids that are part of it, let's say from, you know, 11 to 19 are going to eat their parents who are not on board. It's frightening and it's scary. And, um, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I haven't been, um, haven't been on in a while. Um, and there's one main thing I really want to talk about, but obviously the election, um, I'm, I am surprised that Trump walked away. Um, not surprised that he didn't like foment something, but I'm surprised that he didn't try um, some other maneuvers or other things that maybe he could have done. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, it's a stolen election. There are illegitimate people in charge of our country at present. It's disturbing. It's sickening. Um, and the policies already we see, I don't really care and want to get into like I'll just mention you know, there are some unions and some even some liberals that are upset at seeing some of the policies that are happening now. It's like we told you, like we, like you can't claim naivety or ignorance at this point. Like, like there's just too much, there's just too much out there, and too much access to information. If you want to, if you're interested in reading it or looking at it, that affirmed and confirmed this: who Joe Biden was, who he's being handled by. Who's the influence, foreign, domestic, everything? I mean, the people that he's putting into these positions of, uh, you know, um, autonomy, power, administrative, fiat control of things is disturbing. Um, Putting a former UNRWA um, official in charge of national security uh, as relates to Israel and the Middle East. Uh, Troops entering Syria already, which may be even troops not designed to do much with Syria, but to protect Iranian troops and Iranian interests from Israeli um, intelligence and um, interests and um, and actions and executing actions or executing people like Soleimani. So it's, you know, I mean, had Obama been in, Soleimani wouldn't have been taken out, obviously. I mean, Trump, Trump did that, you know. So, um, God, it's like... Um, we're just in such a sick and twisted and dark place. And while maybe my life right now goes on as normal, and I'll get to that in a minute, it, it doesn't. It's There's a lot of foreboding. And, I mean, people are posting pictures that I've seen on social media that are, um, you know, gas up 70 cents a gallon. You know, it's like, damn, like in a day in two, or in two, three, four days. I mean, either way, like 70 cents. I mean, the markets are like already reacting to, or commodities are already reacting to Joe Blow being in, in, in office. It's, we all know what's going to happen. We're all predicting it. And so we all know it. And the media says we've done our job. The people are prepared for it, meaning Joe will soon be out. Kamala will be in. And I don't know who she names as VP. Probably Stacey, uh, was it Stacey Morgan? Stacey, what's her name? Stacey something. Big Stacey from... Uh, Georgia. That's why I predict she'll name. They'll have a duo, our first, the first woman duo. They're going to go for all these firsts for the record books, for the Wikipedia page. So she's going to, um, she's going to name her. So she'll have a legitimate black woman, and then Kamala, who's not really black, um, you know, in office and first, yeah, d- d- first female duo, first female, second female VP, first, you know. Black American VP, that's what I predict. I mean, just out of the blue, 
she's done her job, you know, in terms of her twisted, you know, um, interviews and media circus stuff. Um, so, you know, we're, we're in for a little bit of a wild ride and I'm getting more and more concerned. I think that the left and right tuggling and tussling like this is only bad for the Jews. I'd still feel like pogroms could be coming, you know, are coming in some way, shape or form. New York is a freaking mess. It remains that way. Nothing's really changed. Opening up restaurants is not going to change the shit, the shit storm, shithole, shit mess that is um, New York City now. Um, and no, I haven't been there in years and I wouldn't want to be there. I wouldn't even want to drive through now. Um, but one of the things that um, there was something else that popped into my mind. Um, yeah, one of the things that um, that Biden did with these executive orders and that you know is being splashed all across social media. Oh, one of the so one of the things that he did was the increase or pulling back one of Trump's executive orders or or. Um, whatever you want to call it, uh, edicts that, um, to, to, to push these, uh, drug prices lower. Actually, I think that there was a, I think that there was something that Trump did called, like he was putting some pressure on these clinics to, uh, for people that could not afford their drugs, they wouldn't be, um, they, they were going to be charged like a low cost. And I think that, that was across the board for pharmaceuticals. He was trying to lower the cost, especially for, super low income people so that they people aren't going to die because they don't have 50 or 100 dollars a month for like something like insulin then separately insulin and um i think it's epinephrine like the um the shot you take for like a bee sting or um right like if you have an allergic reaction so those two things are really important especially you know for kids of course but for anyone and so by removing um the things that Trump did, those prices are going to go up and probably skyrocket. And it's weird because um, insulin is not a is is off patent, so it doesn't really make sense why it would skyrocket anyway. It's not like some artificial entity like the government coming in and saying, "Hey, X Y Z, um, sorry, designer drug, designer pharmaceutical, let's say, that cost a lot of money." for a uh, an orphan condition. An orphan condition is like something not common. We're coming in and saying you have to lower the price of that, right? The government's not doing that. And government's like, you know, it's insulin. Like everyone, any company can make insulin. They want to be in that market. So that's what he's already done. And it's like hitting people just again and again and again. The gas, right? The loss of jobs, the, the gas prices going up is going to increase the cost of goods for everything across the board. Across the board, everything's going to go up. Rejoining the Paris Climate Accords, which will be a disaster for Americans. <coughs> Excuse me. And all these things. So it concerns me, and basically, in the place I'm in right now, things continue down this path, um, and it's and it's um, and it's and it affects me. Meaning, I have a certain rare orphan condition with a drug, like I actually just described. You know, a very rare drug that's not used for a lot of people around the world. You know, we're talking about probably, you know, the people getting this particular drug maybe in the hundreds of thousands, which is very, very few if you think about how many people are taking aspirin or taking um, um, 
penicillin derivative or an opioid or, you know what I'm saying, you got you got billions of people taking those drugs. So a few hundred thousand people maybe, maybe receiving this drug is not, um, is not a heck of a lot of people. And there's only a few million people with this even condition, but I won't go into it deeply, but it's a, it affects the muscles. It weakens the muscles. And, um, you know, I get really concerned about like, how will things change? How will my insurance change? How will, how will the attitude and the tone and the tenor and the, um, the, um, perspective of doctors and nurses be, I, based upon my recent employment fiasco with, you know, BLM and critical race theory coming in and basically being purged, being excised, like I think a number of other people were due to race, I have a much more fear and trauma that, trauma from past experience, but not from this experience, which I'm about to say, from past experience, um, with doctors, nurses, security, all different types of things, patient relations, um, I now have a fear that someone who's exposed or learning this critical race theory could maybe have an intent to do me harm as I'm prone and vulnerable, uh, maybe maybe not, um, what's the word I'm looking for, maybe not... Um, what's the word, um, verbal in a hospital bed and at their, you know, at their whim, they can either do me harm or not do me good, right? Like not care for me properly or actually intentionally do me harm. And, and we've seen things like this. We've seen, you know, people in, in, you know, usually it's old age homes, um, right? Like abusing, you know, sexually or, or otherwise, either way, criminally abusing, beating, killing, even killing elderly, uh, elderly who are doing nothing. The elderly may be catatonic. They may have just pooped in their diaper again. This person doesn't want to clean it for the 13th time for their four charges that they have to take care of for that day or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's, you know, it's probably not that fun to have to deal with some of those things. That's your job. Um, so I, I, I am concerned about that. I'm also concerned about terms changing. If 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 um, maybe Creepy Joe is in bed with the pharmaceuticals and everything becomes uh, good on the consumer and it's it appears because things remain the same and they get their money, but behind the scenes things are not good. Like I don't know if terms are going to change. If me receiving a drug that I cannot afford, there's no way. It's not even a question. Uh, there's no way. And anyway, I'm not... I'm not, um, you know, it's been a little difficult finding uh, the appropriate uh, work for me. I'm working on my own my own curriculums and things, and um, but gainful employment has been not simple for uh, many months. And you know, maybe Corona is partly to blame, or let's say the government reaction to Corona, but. Um, uh, that's funny. I just thought like, you know, the cytokine storm that happens with Corona, meaning the body rushes, um, it's immune functions. <coughs> A few sneezes here today. Um, the body runs its immune response to, um, the lungs, which is, and the coronavirus or SARS or 
COVID-19, whatever you want to say, it, it has a particular affinity for the um, mucus and the, um, the uh, cells that are um, present in the lungs. This is some of what was very, very interesting as well as odd about what's been able to be seen or sequenced of the uh, virus or at least its reaction in humans. Um, its particular affinity for that tissue, which is, some people are saying, you know, couldn't even be designed nor an atavism of nature. Like it just, the, the chances are just so utterly slim and not the way patterns have shown that viruses normally react in nature. Could be, but unlikely and much more likely that it was tampered with. The worst, the worst, the worst, worser cytokine storm has been the government reaction. That's been the real COVID, you know, has not been the COVID that enters us from the inside. It's been the cytokine storm that enters us, that is pressuring us from the outside, meaning the governments, the shutdowns, the restaurants, the business, the big box open, the um, the uh, loss of jobs, the loss of school, the kids home, the suicide, the depression, the diabetes, the lack of um, um, people going to the doctor for things, you know, the not catching the cancers or the sicknesses, um, um, the surgeries that are quote-unquote elective that aren't happening, the supposed... Uh, what do you call it, essential workers like strip clubs and liquor stores. And Why were the liquor stores open? The essentials because Antifa needs Molotov cocktails, so I guess it's essential. I mean, you know, absurd. So I'm very concerned about healthcare and where healthcare goes in this country and what's going to change for me. And also if there's going to be, quote-unquote, like, again, um, Panels, and I'm not talking about a panel that I go before, and they strip me down and they analyze me and they look at my balls and they look at my taint and then they look at me and they're like, all right, well, he's no good, he's weak, throw him into the fire pit. I mean, obviously, I'll never get to that place anyway, but um, the uh, more like there'll be panels behind the scenes deciding on my composite and my profile and my fiduciary, um, you know, uh, um, situation and assistance from government, and years worked, and SS, you know, social security, and lifespan, you know, predict, predictability, and dependence, and married, and single, and all these things that are in my profile that will determine, right, whether I get a certain drug, or care, or doctor, or something covered. So, not so much across the board that they're going to deny or they're going to raise the price of insulin, right? Like I'm not, it could, which could happen. They could raise the price of one of my drugs by 500%. I won't be able to afford it if it's, if it's not covered. But not so much that, but more behind the scenes, they'll be, and, and I'll, be, I'll speak to my neighbor or my neighbor online, right? Like on, on social media, like, hey, you know, what happened to you? Did you oh, yeah, I got that drug. Oh, what insurance is Oh, I'm with the same insurance. Oh, okay, well, we have the same insurance. Why did I get denied and you got... And you'll never be able to get an answer. They'll just say, sir, based upon the fact that you have... Right? They'll give some canned answer, and it'll, it'll be a never-ending labyrinth of a watership-down rat hole... I'm um, uh, sorry, rabbit hole. And so I kind of feel like that's the way those panels could be there, is by looking at people's profiles 
and seeing, you know, oh, are they a party member? Oh, how do they vote? Like, not that they would necessarily know, but, you know, there's different predictability that they could come through with AI. They look at your Facebook profile to see what you posted. If you posted MAGA, you know, uh, like hashtag or pound MAGA, I mean, pretty much they could probably assume if they find you on Twitter or Facebook or Gab or Mimi or this or that or Parler or wherever the hell they find you or a video you did on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok. <coughs> oh, hey, this guy's, you know, this guy's not part of our team. This guy's not part of the party. You know, he doesn't get the, the better drug. We'll just give him this or we'll give him pain meds and watch him slowly rot and die. Now, does that happen in four years? I don't know. Maybe it's a 20-year plan. Maybe it's a longer-term plan. Maybe it's in six months. Because who thought we'd be here this quickly? I mean, things just ramped up like the past year. Like, all of a sudden, at the end of February, I think it was the end of February. I mean, it was January last year. I think it was like, it was more like February, March when, like, we were doing, right, like, lot when we were, like, two weeks, two weeks to to curve the, curve the, um, what was it? To flatten the curve. Two weeks to flatten the curve, right? So, then you know, now it's like a year to flatten your face. So, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, no one thought we would be here this quickly. Like, like, like Trump losing the election. Like, I mean, again, losing, he should have even done better. Should have even... Should have had some, I mean, the last year should have been some better policies. You know, one thing that I would have done is I would have said, you know, I would have, or I would have, Trump, I would have liked to have seen, and I'm saying this in retrospect, I didn't say it at the time, because I didn't, also didn't realize how long this was going on, but he should have basically said, I'm using my emergency powers, all teachers are federal employees, and he should have done, which is basically, I think, what Reagan did, and then when the uh, air traffic controllers wouldn't come back to work, he fired them all. Now, a little bit different than uh, teachers. There's way more teachers than there are air traffic controllers. and But both are a, a crisis situation for a critical infrastructure need. Infrastructure can be, I guess you could say, um, you know, physical or, or personnel, right? Like it could be like buildings or bridges, and it could also be personnel, I would say. So you should have declared them federal if, if the unions couldn't uh, figure it out to... I mean, the unions basically could have been sidelined then, but he could have said, I want you on my side. You need to get 70% or 60% or 80% of people back into the classroom for at least, you know, uh, uh, let's say 15 days a month of, you know, which is 15, let's say, out of 20 days a month, something like that. 80%, uh, what is that? Uh, um, sorry, uh, 75, 80% of days will be... Um, in person, you know, we'll do it the right way, social distancing, and we'll put out plans that, that we recommend, that the White House recommends, the CDC recommends, the FDA recommends, and get back to work. The kids that are at work, parents can go to work. I mean, the kids are at school, the parents can now go to work if they have a place to work, okay? And um, and then if the teachers en masse did not agree, they're fired. You know, they still get their pension, whatever their pensions were, but you're fired. You're done. You know, you don't get to get to that next tier. You don't want to come to work. That's it. You're out. And then, um, yeah, it would have been, okay, whatever, hire new. It would have dealt with the culture issue that's going on with this propaganda that's being fed to our kids. Because 
the people that are teaching are these leftist cocks, and they're not teaching skills and critical thinking. They're teaching content. We need content, but we need to teach. There's always going to be more content. The skills to figure things out have been the same for thousands of years of human psychology and development and observation and experience. And so we need to teach skills and we need to teach um, uh, critical analysis. And that is how we've developed as a um, species. It's how we developed as, um, as different cultures, right? Different things available to us. We made different things, right? Uh, people in India have different spices and different trees and different plants and different topography than people in Wichita, Kansas. They make different things. People in Wichita, Kansas are making belts with buckles. People in India are making belts with sashes or with ties or with knots or with uh, a steel, um, you know, amulet. I don't know. I'm just, you know, whatever is available. You know, there's still belts or they're making completely different things. They're cooking very different food. Okay. So, but anyway, but yet everyone in both locations can have access to a computer and Wi-Fi Again, let's assuming it's not like in the middle of the boonies in both places, and um, and a cell phone, and you know, can go to a restaurant and pay someone to feed them, and pay someone to make a belt. But our 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 entire civilization is based upon these things, and instead we're teaching content and what to think rather than how to think and how to be discerning and how to be how to look at nuance and. Um, and uh, and 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 foreshadowing, and uh, you know how to write and how to read, how to communicate, how to listen, how to aggressively listen, how to uh, um, just you know uh, converse, be in in concerto, have a concert with people, and um, we've lost it, and uh, it's sad to see, and. You know, I feel like in this healthcare system, to, to, to reel it back in a little bit or connect it, that likewise there's no conversation, there's no inconcerto, there's no care. And it's different, I think, from when I was growing up, at least the way I looked at it, the way I lauded the medical system, because you, you learn that, you know, and again, it may have been, maybe it's the same, maybe just as jaded, but I think it's over the past, let's say, 30 years, become a very different system than, than I necessarily grew up with. But again, you don't need the system. You don't really know that. I, I don't know. I don't. I didn't really have much first-hand experience with the medical system when I was younger. And even if I did have first-hand experience, it would probably mostly be through my parents' experience as well, in their eyes, uh, you know, partially anyway, or at least influenced by that. I mean, I remember getting, you know, shots occasionally, I remember thinking getting blood drawn. I knew I had, I had a hernia surgery when I was 13. I had a broken arm once. You know, but otherwise, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, uneventful childhood regarding uh, regarding the healthcare system. And now that I'm basically dependent on it, and, um, and, and my particular condition has been flaring the past, really the, the past six months I've been on a downward trajectory from this drug that... Two years ago when I first got it, it really was a game changer. But it's either my body's adapted to the drug um, and meaning my body adapted, meaning my body is 
basically overproducing some targeted um, immunity. My body is looking at a at my own system as an intruder and attacking it. And how the body got tricked to thinking this is um, unknown. Uh, they don't necessarily know how. Why is the body tricked into thinking that right? So that my body is the enemy. So um, this drug that um, kind of uh, does an ambush on my own body. It really stops the attack before it happens. Many of the other drugs I've been taking kind of responds when the attack happens, and it and it's it's you know for a while it it. It, it's strategically, um, how would I say, strategically and, uh, and um, tactically sound. It, it's, it defeats the body. A variety of different drugs, okay? But this other drug that I was getting, which is done by infusion, is, um, is a little different. It kind of ambushes the body before the body can, can launch its attack. It would kind of be like if the U.S. had attacked or an ally had attacked um, Japan before they got their planes to Pearl Harbor, whether in the air or before they were launched, right? So, whereas a lot of the other drugs are responding in real time to the attack happening. And it's just a different strategy and a different tactic, and this tactic was working, and I was, it was, it really just changed, uh, it didn't change my life, per se, but it changed my ability to to do certain things and get some things done um, because I wasn't experiencing symptoms. Um, so for me, what does that mean? Like I scientifically, like does it mean that like the disease is there right under the surface trying to break through, but this, right? Like even though we ambush them, it's still, it's like, all right, bring in reinforcements and it's like reinforced and it's working harder and harder now against that drug to break through the lines and, you know, and uh, and have some successful battles or, you know, or beat this thing. I don't know. Like, is it trying harder or are the numbers just down? And that's really discoverable probably through a titer test, which, um, which um, for antibodies, which, you know, my doctor wouldn't ever agree to. Maybe they're expensive, but I think these are things that the system should monitor constant and be monitoring all of me and all of my different, uh, um, you know, uh, hormones and vitamins and uh, minerals and all the different things that uh, I need balanced in a very particular way. Um, so, um, so I'm anyway, my point being is I may have to move on to a different drug, but when I'm like this, it feels like death is, Close at the door often because that's the way it feels. It's 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 really um, it really is difficult to exist. Let's just put it that way. So, you know, you, most people would never know this from looking at me. You may be able to tell I'm kind of like I've aged a few years in uh, in a in a, in, a, in only a you know in a shorter amount of time, and I'm not necessarily healthy. I used to be super healthy. I used to be a gym rat and work out and. It's like so weird because like I've forgotten what that, it's like so foreign to me what that feels like, like to be like barrel chested and have like, you know, not, not that I was ever like super skinny, but like, you know, to have like a, a, a somewhat tapered waist, I mean, compared to what I am now, 
to have a back that feels strong and you know shoulders and just to feel just to lift just to feel crunching of a weight or expanding and contracting of muscles and nowadays like i mean just moving or coughing can pull things and my bones are brittle and my body has just endured such a such a a beating from the inside from the chemicals and the uh the different things that my body's had to undergo and it's just it's very 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 uh debilitating it's hard to think it's hard to i think some of the drugs have also look it's all coursing through my body it's all coursing through my blood and the doctors never 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 talk about the the mental aspect of what these drugs can be doing aside from the body so if uh, steroids can demineralize and kind of like not rot but uh, weaken my bones well what is what are those same molecules doing when they're go- streaming through my blood going to my brain right like what I don't know I don't and, and doctors will say nothing oh there was a study on that oh there was no studies done on that yeah no studies I wonder why but anyway um, so healthcare concerns me because. They don't tell you anything. They hide things. Like, they hide, they hid this from me. Like, not that they hid it from me. They just didn't tell me, like, the damage that can be done with steroids. I was put on them by accident by someone, by someone lazy and ineffectual. And then um, once I was on them, and I was on them too quick, I just, I didn't know my disease yet. Facebook at that point was still kind of young. So there were probably groups on my disease, and I think I even maybe found a few people. I was probably not looking in the right spots, uh, and probably a lot of those groups, you know, came a few years later is what I would imagine, to be honest with you. But I didn't know anything about, about this disease really barely, and I probably could have deep dove into it just from Google searches, but I didn't know much about it, and um, and I shouldn't have taken those steroids initially, um, but I did. I just I was just trusting the doctor, and uh, then that put me into the hospital because it was too much too quick, and um, I didn't know what was going on. I had no clue what was going on, and uh, yeah, I'm just remembering that. And so, um, you know, they don't tell you you got to get off these. They're no good. We're gonna we're gonna you know no. They kept me on them, which was just really a bad decision for. A 30-year-old guy who was in really good shape and compared to, you know, now uh, more than a decade later, um, what the years on that particular drug have done to me are, you know, it's just, it's horrific. And, you know, and I don't really, it's, my head is still a little detached from it. It's so connected to this body and the pain I endure, and yet it's so... um, it's so I'm so dystopian about it. Like now, this can't be. This can't be. It's very hard to. I've been having a hard time, even more than a decade of this, um, reconciling the two. It's just been very difficult, and and I'm you know I'm just often in so much pain and just trying to literally walk that I I haven't given it the attention that it probably needs for me to actually really work through it. But I'm concerned. I'm concerned for all the people like that are like me, people that are even in worse condition than me. My, my, I mean, not worse condition, worse situation, let's say. Also worse condition. 
But I would say that um, for me, my the 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 reason that the thing that makes my my uh, challenge so difficult is that it's you know I'm having to surf this wave totally solo. Like there's no one saving me. There's no one coming to help me. There's no advocate I have. There's no one that you know um, is a safety net for you know uh, if I can't pay a bill. Um, I'm on the government, you know, assistance at this juncture, which I'd really rather not be. I'd rather be working, and it's just it's been hard to find things. Probably some of that is age discrimination. I definitely believe it's ageism a lot because the people that are hiring for these positions are younger than me, and they're looking at me as like, you know, an old fogey, which I understand. That's the way I saw, probably saw. I didn't look at, I don't think I would look at someone my age as like an old fogey, but definitely like, yeah, you're, you know, you're up there. And so, um, meaning like middle age, but like, you know, near my dad's age. So, um, yeah, so it's been a little difficult. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I'd love to be moving either way, but, um, it concerns me how, what I saw during Corona the articles and the uh, things I was reading about, you know, people being vented, the vents not being attended to the right way, people passing away, right? Like, I've been uh, vented, not for corona, and it's a harrowing, difficult experience. Even my lung was collapsed. I didn't come in with a collapsed lung. My lung was collapsed while I was on a vent. And... Um, It's, um, you know, so I just don't know what, um, you know, there were different situations or different, uh, sorry, um, different situations written about by different journalists about what was going on with Corona. Like they wanted to keep the numbers so down and be so ready for this influx that never happened. They were lacking care for the people that were coming in either with Corona or without Corona and putting people without Corona with people with Corona. I mean... Are you killing that person for the twelve thousand dollars you're going to get from the federal government? Like, what is going on? And maybe there were just some people that are like, who knows? Maybe they were contacted by the government and told, you know, if you do this, you'll be part of the, you'll be part of the killing crew, not part of the. You, know, you won't be in the killing field. Otherwise, we're going to come for you when we get control. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that maybe those emails are going out, or maybe you know they're getting contacted by special agencies. I wouldn't even be surprised at this point, but um, that's just me making up a movie in my head. I'm talking about reality is like these things happened. The reality is they were withholding care from people in California. I think it was, uh, was it California? Was it, uh, um, it may have been Washington State. I have an article saved on it about, you know, they were rationing care for like people who needed care, you know, Telling people to sign, I mean, doctors telling people to sign NDAs, people who were not mentally fit. Like there was one thing I saw about a a a woman coming in from a from a home from a home for people who were uh, had had um, let's say mental and emotional um, issues, and she couldn't communicate really with the doctors, and the doctors knew that she wasn't like able to communicate in the way that they needed her. Like, 
let's say on a on a normal basis, so to speak. And they were getting trying to get her to sign an NDA, and then they had to call the home, and and they wanted to, or well, maybe I'm conflating two cases, but like the home, there was times where like the doctors were refusing care to people, and then the home had to intervene and call in a uh, nonprofit that does things like this and get lawyers involved. It's like turning people away because they were like, "No, you got some cough, go home." And the people were like, you know, and clearly people needed some hospital attention. They needed some acute care to make sure it didn't get worse or sending people back to the home like they live in a home you can't take the chance that this person could be contagious and risk them um the lady who couldn't communicate i think is a different thing where like they they were yeah they were trying to get her to sign like an nda they had many people sign ndas like sorry not ndas dnrs Jeez, listen to me dnrs do not resuscitate nda is a non-disclosure agreement that's not what they were trying to get them to. Although that's probably, they probably want to obfuscate that too. So maybe they had them to an NDA also. Wouldn't be surprised. So, you know, and these are, these are, these are isolated cases. This is not like 10,000 people from California in every state, you know, that they, I mean, obviously 10,000 people in New York. So, and then also, you know, actually I take that back because there, it wasn't widespread you had isolated cases like I just described throughout the country. I'll assume they're isolated. They're like, you know, here and there, five, eight, three, one, right? Like that's kind of isolated, even though there's a value to all those lives. I'm not trying to um, to belittle that. But, but you know, not, you know, you don't have, you hopefully don't have a Jeffrey Dahmer working as your hospital, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, resident or lead doctor, right? But at the same time, um, you know, you got to make sure that there's not something going on that's not kosher, that's not okay, that you're rationing resources or having people sign DNRs. Like, what the... Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, that woman needed family, friend, or people from her home there to help her understand what they were saying and why... They, oh, and, and I think what it was is they wouldn't give her... Atten- medical attention until she signed it, which was even more egregious. Can you imagine? I mean, it's just <coughs> totally absurd. Um, so, uh, so it wouldn't surprise. I mean, then you got Cuomo. You got what what happened in California, which is, you know, it's a huge state, but they had their share of. Uh, you know, I think Corona deaths, not not with New York, with Cuomo's, you know, Cuomo's massacre, uh, and how how like I mean, it's just unbelievable that like there's no responsibility, to, like no one, no investigation, no government, no federal, no state, no DA, no nothing, no one, no not a thing. Sheriffs are still following the edicts of De Blasio and Cuomo. It's just showing how. The government is so stacked against the people when the sheriffs aren't like, no, we're not following your freaking edicts. You murdered Aunt Jane and Aunt Jemima. Ha, literally, same people, right? Like, you're, you're murdering people. Like, we can't stand with you. And yet the whole government apparatus just churns on. Cuomo's still in office doing puff pieces on with, what was it, people slash... Uh, ABC, ABC, I don't even know who did it. The puff piece of him and his daughters 
up in the uh, at the ha- at the mansion or the, the house in Albany, like him joking around, freaking nipples sticking out farther than his da- daughter's stacked. I mean, it's just disgusting. And like how I mean, how these people are. Whitmer didn't do very well in Michigan with the uh, with the deaths. So it wasn't widespread. It was there were certain concentrations, but certainly government uh, created and government manipulated. And so if they can do that, and we don't we don't rise up, then um, you know, then they're going to control us. And that that was being exposed later on, like more in the summer, I think. I have to go back and check some dates of some articles. But what I started out talking about was actually what I said about. Um, what I saw in, again, I think it was March, early March, when the two weeks started turning into longer. And then I saw them closing, you know, targeting the Jewish neighborhood for sure, and then closing the parks, like, as a particular umbrage, and, you know, blaming the Jews, having, like, these, uh, like, you know, protocols type of... um, of propaganda being spewed by Cuomo over the airwaves. And you want to say that Trump, you're going to impeach Trump for incitement. What was incitement to uh, cause an insurrection or incitement a riot or something? And yet Cuomo and de Blasio were targeting Jews and putting out over the airwaves that the FCC should have intervened, honestly. I mean, the FCC should have been like, what the f- are you doing? So they're putting out over the airwaves that the Jews are spreading corona, basically. That's how the massacre in Rwanda happened. Not about the Jews and not about corona, but about a minority getting control of the radio waves and spewing out things that this majority uh, population was supposedly doing. Same thing happening here, right? Think about it. Majority population of the United States is... uh, as a, as a single uh, race compared to any other single race, the what, there's a white majority. All people of color compared to white people is different. It's a, it's a. Uh, I think it's it's like something like sixty forty. It may even be sixty forty now. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure what that is. It may it may even be higher. Maybe like a sixty five thirty five or seventy thirty. Meaning Caucasians as a whole are a minority in this country compared to the total population, but Caucasians are still the largest race by itself in the U.S. And again, Caucasian white is not so clear, just like, right, that's why it's called person of color. It's not just black American, and there's all different shades of people, so same thing with white, is that there could be Caucasian people that are like really like pure white blood from Caucasia, or there's most people which are a mix of a lot of different things, not all of which are considered necessarily um, like Caucasian, like white, like yes, melanin skin color is one thing. No one's white, no one's really black, right? We're like peach, pink, orange man bad. We're orange, we're whatever color we may be. And then, you know, hair and eyes as well, if we figure that in. Facial features, eyebrows, nose, you know, jawline, these are all fe- features. But if we want to just talk color fine, you know, color of our skin, and then same thing with people of color or, or black, right? And then like Latino, and then there's Italian, and then there's, you know, 
Turkish and Lebanese and people can be can people can be all different shades of those nationalities. So an American Americans American American can be anyone, which is the beauty here. But um, yeah, so I just think that um, the. Uh, forgot what I was tying it back into but one other thing I wanted to say and maybe I'll remember what I was what I was just saying previous uh, oh oh as far as de Blasio and Cuomo and the uh, the deaths yeah so I think that I think that I think that it's just not so hard to imagine that someone like me goes into the hospital I have a serious condition I'm not doing well I'm symptomatic and then I expire there and maybe what they did wasn't so kosher. Maybe the way that they hooked me up to the machine, they don't pay attention. They, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, but, you know, less care and maybe even a certain zeal by some people that like, hey, I have a life in my hand and I can end it. And, I, and no one will ever know. And I can just take retribution and put it in my diary and tell someone later on, you know, tell my fiance, tell my sister, she'll be down with that. You know, there's, you know, who knows, like, who knows what, who knows what people drives, motivates people. So that, that part of it concerns me, really, and it really does. And I know, like, most of the people that are in healthcare are there to do good and for good, but I could say the same, you know, I would hope the same about teaching. I don't think that anymore. I think most of the people that are in teaching are, are diabolically sick and neutered. And so maybe the same thing with medicine over, the, over you know, the past 20 years or even the past 10 years since I've been first introduced to it. Um, so there's that concern. The other thing I just want to say is, you know, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and wrap this up, is that, you know, every, uh, everyone, not everyone, that's a big generalization, but a, a lot of people, you know, especially conservatives and, and people on the right, are saying that, you know, oh, we got to move from Facebook and they're going to ban us anyway and get off Twitter and we got to go to MeWe and Gab and Parler and... Cloud Hub and you know uh, um, you know people put stuff on BitChute and this and that and you know whatever BitChute's like a file sharing uh, platform I think right so um, and, and obviously like many people whether they're pundits or news personalities or media or whatever it is that they're doing they are um, also go it's funny because we're going back to like people having their own sites. Obviously, sites can be much more built out than they could five years ago or three years ago or certainly 10 years ago. So if you started in this game, let's say game, meaning like an online online personality of any kind, entertainment, media, whatever. So, of course, you have your own site. And especially if you're like an artist, you know, like you're, you're like a band, you know, you're going to have a pretty dope site probably. Um, you're going to have to have your music and just other things there. But... Um, But what I would say is, um, it's funny, an artist just went through my mind that I think I had found, I don't know where I found them, maybe it was Facebook, I think I even bought one of their albums and I'm just, I don't remember their site, and it just dawned on me, I haven't thought about that site in like uh, a long time, maybe like a year, maybe it's in my history, I don't know, anyway. Um, but all these sites that, you know, and I'm not denigrating any of them. I, I, I've joined a lot of them and I barely have looked at them. Um, this is just the way that I'm consuming media now. And again, I should probably be talking on here more, um, rather than, uh, 
consuming so much, but okay, it also helps me to be informed and, you know, form my views, but I, I should be jumping on here more. That's another another story for another time. But these social media platforms that everyone's jumping to, maybe the answer is not that we need all these platforms to jump to, and I get it. People are on there for business, and you got to be on there for attention and self-promotion, and I'm not saying it in a bad way. I mean, hopefully in a good way. But you need that if your job is to be a media personality or a pundit or whatever, anything, just like this. I mean, like, I could make the case that I should be on there promoting myself, but I'm not right now, and this is not, you know, my job, and it's not something that I've done. But I get it, and I'm and I'm 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 down with it. But what I'm saying is, maybe rather than spending equal or more time on social media platforms, instead we need to get out of our house and put a seat in the front yard or the backyard, or you know, get out of the condo and go to the park and walk the dog more and talk to your neighbor and have tea with them or have a coffee with them, or have a scone or a crumpet or a croissant or a cookie. Okay, I mean, you know, I don't know, smoke a cigarette with them, smoke a doobie with them, have a schnapps, have a whiskey, have a, I don't know, a schmear on a bagel, and, you know, have your kids meet them, have your dogs meet, introduce your goldfish to each other, you know, I mean, put them in the same bowl together, see what happens, you know, swish it around a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I just think that maybe this obsession with having to be heard and seen and viewed, maybe maybe that's the unhealthy part. Maybe it's not just the Facebook platform, but it's our obsession with the Facebook, pl- with social media. And like, we become so obsessed that we're like, oh, we got to find a new platform. We got to find, oh my God, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Oh, like, it's like, it's like we're coming out of this, we're coming out of like, like a, like a sewer and we're like, oh my God, the, the, the sun's so bright. It's so bright. Okay. All right. Let's get it. Like, let's cover this up. Got to, got to, got to, got to get a new, you know, got to get a new, a new tunnel. Let's go down a new tunnel, or like, you know, maybe like uh, one of the manhole covers gets blown off. They're like, we got to get a new manhole cover. Got to cover up that sun. <clears throat> so I think all this banning and purging that's happening from social media, from Twitter, and Facebook, and YouTube, could be, could be the 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 exact sanitation or exposure that the conservatives need. I'm not going to say Republicans anymore, but the conservatives need. What do they need? They need to get out. Because even though social media is massive and you, you can obviously control a narrative for such a large swath of people and obviously all the targeted advertising and like Brad Pascal has said, he, he, he was, you know, I think they spent like $100 million on social media. Like that's insane. That's, why not spend $100 million on rallies? Why not spend $100 million on, on offering people um, opportunity in some way, shape, or form to help, I don't know, help plan a rally. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying it's an enormous amount of money to spend online, obviously. And um, and that's surely how you can capture the minds and hearts of the people. But I think that getting out, knocking on doors, speaking with people, having conversation, getting off social media, post a highlight or two, two highlights from the day, do some videos, but like nothing obscene. Just meet people, connect to people, people to people. And and for me too, like, I mean, do I want to really start to learn these tools of, you know, MeWe and Gab and Parlor and all this? I don't know. I don't really think I do. I think that I just already waste too much time and wasted too, wasted too much time on Facebook who obliterated me from their platform and things I had built and memories I had built and pictures I had built and connections I had made over a decade. You know, who's to say I can't happen again? Who's to say that like, 
you know, some of these platforms weren't set up to catch the the fall of the fallout of what's happening right now. I don't know. We've been played. We've been played already. Been played once. We could be being played again. I, I just I don't trust any of it anymore. Um, so anyway, let me sign out because I'm gonna get cut off at uh, minute sixty. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Mike Fetch. I'll have a schmear back for you sometime soon. And um, thanks again. Have a good one.